Alright, welcome to another edition of the Urban Wire brought to you by the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers where we shine a light on issues impacting the urban community. Um, you are listening to episode 69 of the Urban Wire. Um, we're going to try something different this time. Um, we're going to do a pre-recorded episode, so let me know what you guys think. Um, we're going to be discussing a whole lot tonight. Um, particularly in the world of entertainment, but we're going to touch a couple things that have been happening in the news. I know we've been off the air for about a month, but we're preparing for a couple new things, which I'm going to tell you about in a moment. But we're going to talk about um, the government shutdown, and there was a resolution brought um, forth with that. We're also going to talk about some things going on in the entertainment industry, dealing with Kate Michelle. Um, we're going to talk about um, Drake's tour and how... Um, he and Future kind of got into some beef, but they quote-unquote worked things out. But we're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about the Preachers of L.A. as well and the controversy that has been um, stemming from that. And also we're going to talk about a couple current events, um, just a couple sad stories we're going to discuss. And then we're going to wrap the, the show up with, you know, um, with me discussing, like, parents, you have to know uh, what your children are learning in school and you have to play an active role because these days I think a lot of children are falling behind due to the lack of parents getting involved in knowing what um, they're learning in school so as far as this show is concerned we're going to do a pre-recorded show we're going to see how it goes um, next week we will um, go back to our live version of the show but I just wanted to try something new but I also wanted to let you guys know that um, we do have our Halloween special coming on, um, airing next Tuesday night, uh, starring our uh, special reporter, Michael Snyder, which he will go, on, go um, cover the inside story of Halloween and where it pretty much derived from and um, some of the history behind that. And then we have some little fun facts. And this is going to be a little fun episode dealing with the history of Halloween. Also, coming up early in November, we have J.R. Vasquez, and he will be doing his initial show um, on our network called 3XR, where we um, explore the issues of race, religion, and reality. So keep, keep it locked and um, be on the lookout. You can also join our group page on Facebook.com. And um, just just search for the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers. Join our group page. Um, you get all kinds of updates, um, show listings, videos. Um, you can also you can always um, forward us any type of news that you would like to, for us to cover. Also, um, we also want you to check out our YouTube page at www.youtube dot com slash UCOFW. Get on there and subscribe. We're going to be doing some um, interviews here. Um, we have some um, things coming up. And you can also look at, check out some of our excerpts from our shows on there. And that's pretty much it. So we're going to go to some music really quick. And then we're going to come back and we're going to jump right into our show. Ask me why I do it, I'ma put it like this guy. 
Shorty lippy rolling on the wood Damn, she wrote it good Rolling over, I ain't sleeping over Now she rolling her eyes Rolling on the floor, laughing Cause she looks so surprised Girl, you been around the clock and I've been on that survive Got your man circling your block Maybe cause I'm everything you're not See, I ain't no bitch nigga, no rich nigga No snitch nigga, I'm a real nigga That's real nigga I'm just trying to chill Cause I'm way too drunk to be talking like this I'm way too hurt to be tripping like this Way too young to be living like this
our calculations. Number one, about $3.1 billion were lost in government services, according to the research firm IHS. Number two, $152 billion, well, I should say million, I'm sorry, per day in lost travel spending, according to the U.S. Travel Association. Number three, 76 million per day lost because of national parks being shut down, according to the National Park Services. Number four, 217 million dollars per day in lost federal and contractor wages in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area alone. Now, hundreds of thousands of federal workers bore the economic brunt of the shutdown. But small businesses also suffered from frozen government contracts and stalled business loans. Tourism suffered from closed national parks and military families had to cope without child care and other services. Federal workers will receive back pay under the deal, but contractors will not probably get their lost wages. The stall in cash flow could affect spending during the holiday season. And I would like to say this, um, I was also looking at um, the, looking at Barack Obama's response to the entire government shutdown, and he made a valid point. We do not know the full extent of the shutdown. We, it'll probably be months before we know the total impact. And what's sad is, you know, um, these people that we vote into office, you know, they, they sit there lazy behinds and, 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 and you know, uh, in Congress and stuff like that. They do not understand what we, they're so out of touch with what's going on with the average American that they don't realize the impact of what they're doing. So it's very unfortunate that um, we had to go through this. It's very unfortunate that a lot of people had suffered, a lot of families, especially government um, employees, um, had to um, to deal with the financial uh, burden of this, and it just makes us makes it to me. It makes it all the more. I stress this point even more now. We have to know who we're voting into office. You know, um, I'm sorry to say this, but you know, the Republican Party does not care about you, and I'm not saying that from a biased point of view. But these about the working class people, I should say, and it just kills me when I see people who are so broke and so poor that they can't even pay attention to where they will vote for these people and it's obvious, obvious that these people have not learned from this because I think the same thing is going to happen in January you know they've come to a resolution now but who's to say this, this is not going to happen again so to me I urge people to know who you're voting into office start holding these leaders accountable of what they're doing so that is it for that story. Um, next, I want to get on some 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 news and entertainment. Um, if you guys have not heard, this this happened probably about a week ago, but um, reality TV star and R&B artist K. Michelle is back in the news. And pretty much what this stems from is like, you know, I understand that um, fans, you know, I understand a lot of celebrities have fans that idolize them. And I know celebrities, um, they're, they're constantly in the limelight, they're constantly in the entertainment world and out there and this, that, and the other. But you as a celebrity or someone that's in the public life, you have to conduct yourself professionally at all times. And, you know, I understand that you need your own personal space, you need your own life, but pretty much what it stems down to is that a fan seen her at a restaurant and pretty much um, she refused, which that's her right, but I guess uh, the fan kind of took offense to her attitude and, and how she pretty much rejected her and went on Twitter and just pretty much 
um, Vinny and just said how she was disappointed that she was unable to get a picture with Kate Michelle. It was her birthday or whatever. She was out celebrating with friends. Woo, woo, woo. So Kate Michelle shots back and says, you know, and I'm just paraphrasing all this, pretty much saying, just going off calling the girl um, a monkey. She says, I'm not here to take pictures for you. Um, here, I'll, I'll give you the actual quote. This is what she said. My job is not to take pictures but to use my voice to teach people to be better than me. I work my ass off every day, every single day, just to make sure women don't go through what I have. I want to take one day to be normal with friends. I don't think that that makes me a bad person. I love music and my fans, but that doesn't make me a slave to society and your random picture request. I share my life so you can learn. I don't owe you anything. You should really get a life and find a new weed supplier. And I guess she went on and said she did. She went on and came back a few days later to explain what she what she tweeted uh, or what she put online after this girl put her on blast. She says. Well, on a Tuesday, okay, it's funny how people never tell the whole story, shaking my head. I told you no, not right now, I'm eating. You got mad and was very drunk and disrespectful towards me. Your be behavior was monkey-like. I just keep it, if you acting, okay, I keep it, dot, dot, dot. If you acting your part of a wildlife adventure, then to me that's monkey behavior. My fans know I ride hard for them. They're all I got. From personally calling my fans on the phone to staying after concerts to meet them. Not to mention the 20-something pics I already had taken that night. Can't please everybody and I'm not going to drive myself crazy trying to. So blah, 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 new story, new headline. I'm sure I'll meet a lot more monkeys along the way. So, um... Pretty much, if she was looking for apology, she didn't get it. But here's my thing, girl. And to me, I understand your frustration, but there's a way to handle things. Because at the end of the day, you know, you being just as ratchet. You, you said the girl was being ratchet, but you acting just as ratchet as she is. And for you to call anybody a monkey, let's not forget where you came from. You know what I'm saying? You want to talk about this girl's appearance? Like I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go in on what. Uh, Lovely T says, because I agree with what she said. She says, you, you're so quick to call somebody a monkey and tell them what they look like and what, you know, trying to say what they need to improve on, but you don't realize that just a few years ago, you weren't looking the way you were looking, and you have a whole team to keep up your appearance. You know what I'm saying? And for you to come at a a, a fan like that, that, that shows your lack of professionalism and that shows how you really feel about your fans. I said, you can sit up here and talk about you all about your fans and you did that and the other, but action speaks speaks louder than words. So that just goes to show you, you know what I'm saying? Like, honestly, you know, you need all the fans you can get because honestly, before you was even on reality TV, you were really, but nobody really checking for your music like that. So you need to respect your fans, and you need to cherish every single fan that you can get. You see what I'm saying? So that that's why I'm telling you. You sit up, people sit up here and idolize these reality TV stars, and they ain't nothing but overglorified. I'm gonna say overglorified. They ain't nothing but chicken heads. Overglorified chicken heads that will give them a chance to get on TV, make an ass out of themselves. And give the black community a bad name. I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna go there. And a lot of these women get on here and give, particularly the sisters, they give black women a bad name. They make black women seem like they all bitter. They are all drama filled. You know, they walk around thinking that something's entitled to them. And you know, and I feel really bad for the sisters out here because this is y'all representation to the world. You're not showing the sisters that's out here that are that have tact, that have grace, that that are professional, that you know that they have families 
and they aren't out here acting rats and acting like quote unquote hood boogers. So that's just my commentary on that. Moving right on along. The next story I want to talk in keeping with the theme of reality TV is this new show um, that airs on Oxygen called, um, I guess you can call it a new docu-series or reality show called The Preachers of L.A. where they follow um, several preachers, some of which um, you, you guys may know, um, Dietrich Haddon, which he is a preacher and he is a um, well-known gospel music artist, um, Clarence McClendon, and a few others, Bishop um, Noel Jones, and just um, just a few others. And here's my thing about this whole show, and this is just my opinion. I'm going to wrap it up, and I'm going get, to get to what Bishop T.D. Jake said about it. I really am not a fan of the show because, really, you're making a buffoonery out of the black church. You already know what people, and I've seen the show, so I'm not talking about what I, I what I've heard or what I've read or anything. You are taking what people already are saying about the black church, and you are pretty much enhancing that stereotype. And to me, I have a problem with that because you are taking the focus from Christ and putting it on yourself when you are on here, pretty much talking about <clears throat> if these rappers out here have can have this, that, and the other, why can't I? And, then you, and it's all about your house and what you got. And a lot of people in your congregation probably living from paycheck to paycheck. But just sitting up here talking about, um, Clarence McClendon is talking about, if they don't have enough money um, to, to pay for me and my entourage, I'm not coming to preach at your church and this, that, and the other. I said, Booba, let me tell you something. You didn't always have what you had. And for you to act grand, and, and, and you, you, you ain't about the message of Christ. Because Christ, when you look at Christ, he was the son of man. And you're going to tell me that you, you better than the son of man? He preached and he went all over. You know, he went places. He, he did not live a lavish lifestyle. You see what I'm saying? And he did not care about what people had or what they didn't have. It was about the message. It was about the message of love and salvation and redemption. You're not about that. And I'm not going to go in too hard on you because you know you ain't right anyway. Because if we remember back some years ago when you got a divorce and then days later you wasn't even a week or two later than you, you marrying somebody else. So first of all, who are you to try to get on and act like you better than somebody when you ain't you ain't living the life yourself? And that's what kills me about these people. I said, you know, y'all so worldly, but you want to sit up here and preach to people how they need to stop being so worldly, but you but you still in the world yourself. Y'all y'all so quick to pass judgment. You so quick to, you know, tell somebody what they need to do, but y'all ain't no better. Y'all ain't nothing but wolves and sheep's sheep's clothing. So we gonna go to um a response to the show uh, um from T D Jakes because he had some things to say about the show. And in one of his re recent telecasts, he was preaching about um, wanting, urging people to sow into his ministry. And um, and he was pretty much telling them the, 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 the seed or the fertile gr the ground that you're going to sow in is not, and the money that you're going to sow into the ministry is not going to be used to pay for my suits. It's not going to be used to pay for my lavish lifestyle. And um, pretty much here's the quote that he said during that sermon. Quote, now I know you've been watching that junk on TV and I tell you right now, not a dime of what you're sowing right now will buy my suit. I want you to know my car is paid for. I want you to know I got my house on my own. 
I want you to know that I'm not bling blinging and I'm not shaking bait. I had money when I came to Dallas. Now, and I'm glad that he said that straight. But to me, it makes me wonder, some of these people that are against these preachers that are against, I wonder if they are against it because they are embarrassed because, in a way, this shows kind of exposing what these a lot of these preachers are thinking and how they really are, and they don't want that to cut into, they, they, into their pockets, and they don't want their congregation to start doubting them. So I'm kind of wondering, in a way, did he make this statement, go out of the way to make this statement because he knew he was trying to get people to sell into his ministry, but he he didn't want this show and what, what it psychologically has done, I mean, or the image that is putting people in mind to start questioning any preacher, especially in a mega church as big as he is. So, uh, that's something that I thought too. You know, and after he made this comment, one of the one of the preachers that are on the show, which I was telling you about, uh, Dietrich Haddon, he had come came back and said um, on News One. I'm gonna read this article from News One because he he went to Atlanta's one one hundred two point five praise station and he responded to Bishop T D Jake's um, criticism of the show. Um. And this is what he said when he was interviewed on the show. Quote, this is Dietrich Haddon speaking. Uh, I've had absolutely the utmost respect for Bishop T.D. Jackson, what he represents. I consider him one of our generals in this generation, he said. I was a bit taken back and shocked when I saw his review on the show, being that he's a forefather in an orthodox, unconventional methods of sharing the gospel, whether it be through Megafest or partnering with comedians or Oprah. So, um, that is just the drama that's going on with this show. I don't personally condone the show, but to each his own. We, I guess we're going to have to see in the upcoming weeks. We're going to have to see what people say about the show. We're going to have to see um, you know, what's going on. Because I really think that um, this show is doing more harm than good. But then, in a way, as we discussed on this show weeks ago, that maybe this show is good in a way because it's really exposing these preachers for what they really are. And it's, it should make you think twice before you join any ministry and support any ministry. You need to know where your pastor is, where he stands at in the Word of God for one. And two, and where, and if they're really worldly or they are they about the people so I just urge each and every one of you to just just take this as a lesson really you know what I'm saying and just know who you're supporting because everybody's not about the message of Christ everybody's not all, all these there's a lot of false prophets out here these days so that was my um, point of bringing up this show now, we're going to take another quick break. We're going to go to a couple more songs. You know, we're going to break things up. You know, we're going to get our groove on real quick. Um, so keep it locked. Once again, you are listening to The Urban Wire, brought to you by the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers, where we shine the light on issues impacting the urban community. This is Seneca Harris. Keep it locked. <laughs> Oh, yeah. 
on Facebook and she was probably mad because the boy didn't want to give her no tip. So what she tried to do and just looking at this girl, you know, in her interviews, it's just like she seems like the messy type. I can't put my finger on it because, you know, you first of all, you probably not only are you okay, if you want to put your business out there, that's fine, but you putting red lobster in a in a crazy position and, and, and it seems like you're just out here trying to, you just seem like you're doing it out of attention and out of this I guess she's received about $10,000 in donations from people or whatever and the guy that um, well actually it was a $10,000 tip that she got from somebody after this whole incident and uh, I'm going to go ahead and read part of this article from ABC News um, Tennessee man denies writing the N-word on the Red Lobster receipt. Um, I'm going to skip down to the problem where, where she noticed the problem. And uh, I'm going to skip down to where she gets the $10,000 tip. His problem started after Jenkins, 19 years old, posted a picture of the receipt on Facebook September 10th with the words none on the tip line and the n-word in the total line at the Franklin Tennessee restaurant quote I was just stunned that it happens Jenkins said to ABC News earlier this month quote it's not something that you think in our generation would actually take place so I was just blown away by it Barnes, who was 20 years old, acknowledges writing none on the tip line, but said he left the total blank and signed his name. And, it, and I'm gonna pause here because I seen the picture of the tip, in, in the in the, it just seemed like it would just seem like if he was gonna write that he would wrote it all on one line. It just seemed kind of, I don't know. It was it was just. Like someone wrote that up under there. But we're going to get to that in a second. Either way, the picture soon went viral with people donating more than $10,000 to the waitress while condemning Barnes for his alleged actions. And it goes on to say, um, The picture of the receipt contained confidential information about Barnes, including his name, the digits on his card number and his illegible signature. Barnes said that he had to change his banking information and order a new debit card. He says that he also received death threats. Quote, they're asking me if, if you're that cheap, um, go to, why even go to a place like Red Lobster? Barnes said that, but, but what they don't understand is my wife and I were in a hurry. We had to get out the door. Uh, Barnes decided that he would file a suit after consulting with his attorney, Richard Duggar, who also is his pastor. They had yet to determine on the grounds they would sue the company. To support his case, however, they sent samples of his, his and his wife's handwriting to the forensic documented examiner who determined that the handwriting was not a match to the one on the receipt. Duggar believes that Barnes' case can be used as an example. We have to send a message that you cannot take a person's personal information and put it worldwide on the web. But even deeper than that, this has to do with people being harassed and bullied on the internet. There are currently no guidelines to this that are adequate. With, adequate, I'm sorry, and we need to change that. Um, the spokesperson, uh, spokesman for Red Lobster, Mike Bernstein, said in an email to ABC News that the company would not comment on any possible lawsuit. So, pretty much, I, the way I feel about it is, this girl was messy for even going online knowing that this was going to happen and putting this man's personal business out there like that. And I just really am shocked. I mean, you know, I, I don't know, uh, really, I don't know who to believe, but I'm really leaning towards the fact, just seeing this boy in, in, 
and seen, you know, in the interview, he does not seem like that type that would do that. Like I just, I just don't pick up the fact that he would do that, you know. And you know, this girl, I really think she's lying. And we're gonna, I guess we're gonna see in the long run who's telling the truth, who's not telling the truth, and we're gonna see if she gets sued, or Red Lobster gets sued. But this is just my thing, you know. People like her that cry wolf are going to make it ten times more difficult in the future when people actually are going through um, issues of racism. People are not going to believe them, and they're not going to be so sympathetic towards people that have been a victim of racism. So, you know, hey, what comes around goes around. That's all I can say. Um got a couple more stories I want to talk to you about and then we're going to get off here for the evening um getting back to the world of entertainment I guess Future and Drake had some beef which led to Drake kicking Future off a tour but I guess he's back on tour now and I'm just going to wrap this up all in a nutshell you know I guess Drake was on had brought Future on tour, as I said, and um, I guess Future was um, going to the Billboard, I guess he went to the Billboard, Executive Board, or whatever, to discuss his, his album, or whatever, um, or project that he's working on, and then I guess Drake's name came up, and he started bad-mouthing Drake, but see, this is my thing. You want to badmouth Drake and his music and talking about he's this and he's that, but he's the one putting money in your pocket. And you making thousands and thousands of dollars per night that you're on tour. You're making more money on, in one night than most people make in one year. Let's just keep it real. And for you to go in there and to bite the hand that feeds you, why are you surprised when he drops you off? The tour. I mean, that's just being, you know, you know, that's just that. I mean, you can't be surprised about that. And then you want to come back and then threaten him with a lawsuit because he kicked you out tour. Why would somebody keep you on tour and you you pretty much go, kicking them in the back? You know, and you talking to I mean big time executives. Why did his name even come up when you there talking about your music? His, he should have even came up in the conversation, but that goes to show you people are so ungrateful. And you think everybody that's in your camp or everybody that's around you, everybody in your circle has your best interest in heart, they will stab you in the back with the quickness. But, you know, like like you know, Drake said, like Drake, you know, he, he went on here and brought him back on tour. They supposedly squashed their beef, but you know what? I will go on if, you know, I got to give him props for that because I couldn't have done it. And you know what? I would just go on ahead, just be let this be a lesson learned. I would personally cut all ties with this fool when the tour is over with. You go your your way, and I go mine. Because I already know what kind of cutthroat individual you are, and that's why I said you got to know who you're dealing with. You know, um, and people are so quick to bite the hand that feeds them. I said, you know what? When you got somebody that's taking care of you. Bring you on, bring you on to their camp, putting you out there, and that's the things they get. That that's not right. That's not right. So that's just that's that's a lesson that you can take out. Anybody can take out of this. You just got to know who's around you, and you got to know when to cut people off and let people go. And that's all I'm gonna have to say about that. And the last story I want to get to is very, very sad. Very sad. And as I said in the introduction of the show, I'm going to wrap this up with this story because I think that parents need to know who they're leaving their kids with. And before we get, in, in, get into this story, I want to talk about parents, you need to know what your kids are learning in school. So many of these parents are putting their kids in these daycares and uh, sending them to these kindergartens send them through kindergarten and you not knowing what they're teaching your child. In this day and age, your child should be knowing how to read and they should be knowing certain things 
before they get to the first grade. You know, your child shouldn't, your, your children shouldn't be just going to a kindergarten. It shouldn't be just, just an over-glorified daycare center. They need to be learning how to read. They need to be learning how to get on the computer. They need to be learning how to um, keep up with the current days and times. And I don't think a lot of these, these quote-unquote daycares and these kindergarten schools are preparing, particularly our, our youth, the black youth. And minorities or people that live in the inner cities or underprivileged neighborhoods, they're not preparing these kids for for school. They're not preparing them to to um, compete in today's technological age. They're not te teaching these children how to compete in this in a, in a competitive society society today. And they're not being they're they're not ready when they go to school. They're not graduating high school. Not there's been time. There's been situations. These some of these kids don't even not spell their name. They they're in a lot, especially in these public school systems. It has a lot to do with a lot of a lot of teachers. They feel as long as the students not coming in that class, bothering anybody, not making a ruckus, they're not interrupting them or causing them problems. They'll gladly pass them on. In, in in that process, they're falling through the cracks, and they don't care. So, parents, you have to do what you have to do. Make sure your children, first of all, they know what they know what they're learning. And when you send them to school, they you you should they should already know certain things before they go to school. You know, and it's just sad that these children are falling the wayside and then you want to get mad at them. No, get mad at yourself because you're not doing your job as a parent. So, with that being said, I'm going to get into this story about this bitch. And I'm sorry to use that that terminology, but this is this is a whore. She is a whore of all whores. And to me, I think that it's just sad that we have monsters out here that are allowed to have access to children. And it's so sad that you have these cum thirsty freak bitches, and I'm just gonna say it, that are so thirsty for an attempt for attention from a man that they would do this to helpless young children. I tell you, it's, it's a crying shame. This story comes from. Uh, let me see where it comes from. It comes from a local, uh, well, it's not local, it's the Huffington Post, but I think, I wonder if they have like a local um, edition. Anyways, um, we're going to read this story, and I'm going to comment on it, and I'm just going to be done with it. Uh, pretty much... Heather Coon, 25 years old, faces two counts of rape after police said they found a video on her laptop of her engaging in sexual conduct with an unknown infant. An investigation also revealed with additional victims, uh, according to WOIO. Police allegedly found the video on Coon's laptop at the apartment where her boyfriend, James Osborne, lives. Now, Osborne is a registered sex offender. Both Coon and Osborne were arrested October 4th within hours of each other and were held at Lorraine County Jail. Um, her bond is set at $2 million, um, one for each felony count. And they say, the prosecutors are saying that they have very strong evidence against her. So, you know, uh, she can't get out of this pretty much is what they're saying. And they were saying how the daycare has not been very cooperative with the authorities. They were sweeping this under the rug. They were letting the parents know that this was all. This was no big deal. They didn't really tell them the extent of this or the the seriousness of what was going on. Uh, they said that this took place at ABC Kids Child Care in. Elira, Elira, or whatever I, can, I don't can't whatever. 
and concerned parents said that they feared their children may also be victims. And this is my thing, and I'm not going to even read the rest of this because I'm so sick. But I'm so sick of these sluts. And this is not the only story that has came up where women, and it, it, it happens all the time, women will sacrifice their children just for a dick. Well, let's just keep it, let's just keep it real. Children, these parents will sacrifice their children for a dick. And you know what? These whores need to be called out and they need to uh, pay for what they do. And that goes to show you have to know where your children are going to and who you're placing your children's under care to. You know what I'm saying? It's just a sad situation. Just a sad situation. And, you know, um, I really hope that she gets everything that she deserves. And I hope that freak that she was doing this for, I hope he gets the book thrown in him too. And I think we need to make examples out of these people. Anybody that will hurt a child. You know, when you when this stuff happens to a child, they can't a helpless child too. As young as she was doing these it you don't realize the impact that has on them for years to come. And for you to do that it just makes me sick to my stomach and you need to be castrated, you need to be thrown in prison, you should never be let out. And you doing it all in the name of a dick. Because you, you so that you that thirsty and you have that such low self esteem that you would put other people's children in harm's way. I'm I'm just done talking about this, but we're gonna wrap this show up. Once again, check us out at www.blogtalkradio.com. Check us out on youtube.com slash UCOFW. Um, join our Facebook group page under the Urban Coalition Freelance Writers. Um, once again, this is Seneca Harris. I've been reporting to you tonight. Um, let us know what you think about this show. And we will catch you next week. And be sure to check out our Halloween um, special. That will be taking place October 29th, Tuesday, October 29th. JR show that will be taking place early November, I believe November 5th, um, on the um, UCOFW network. Until then, take care, and we will talk to you soon.